Hi, I'm Elizabeth Benoist, and you're listening to Supergirl Radio. Supergirl Radio, your source for all things related to the CW Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zor-El. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Morgan Glennon. And for this episode of the podcast, we are going to announce the winner of our William is Comet the Super Horse Fanfic Contest. Uh, this has been very exciting for us. Yay. <laughs> uh, this has been a, a big project that we've undertaken in the last couple of months. But if you're new to Supergirl Radio and you're like, what is happening? Uh, so to give you some context behind this contest, uh, back in April, we announced that we would be asking listeners to submit original short stories about William Day being revealed as Comet the Superhorse. And there's a reason for that. It's not just because we just thought that would be funny although it is kind of funny it's because one of our <laughs> one of our listeners dustin had a theory that william could become the super horse so we've loved that idea we've been hoping that idea would come to fruition on the show but in the meantime we decided uh we would take a, a proactive stance on the theory <laughs> we decided that just because the show said nay didn't mean <laughs> that we had to <laughs> so uh, because the listeners were going to submit uh, stories, we decided that Morgan and I would um, donate $5 uh, for every submission that we got to Emory Hospital's COVID-19 response. And uh, because of our listeners and their creativity, we sent $300 to Emory. So thank you all for um, sending in your stories and writing your uh, creative, imaginative, wonderful William is Comet stories. And it allowed us to do something charitable. And uh, we really appreciate everybody who uh, did contribute to this contest. In this episode of Supergirl Radio, you will hear dramatic readings of these stories performed by voices you might uh, have heard before on the other DC TV podcast shows, The Fakest, Justice League Universe podcast, DC Film Squadcast, and other friends of Supergirl Radio. We have really an all-star cast here that's lined up to read these stories. It's so good. Um, so good. So good. I'm I'm excited um, because I think that people are going to be kind of surprised by uh, some of the voices that we have. You might actually hear not just friends of Supergirl Radio, but former co-hosts of Supergirl mm-hmm. Radio. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we we have definitely, um, we reach for the stars and we got the, those stars. <laughs> <laughs> um, but before we get to that, we need to announce the contest winner. So this isn't, this wasn't just any old short story uh, challenge. This was a contest. So there was a winner. Um, so Rebecca and I, we want to, we want to be uh, transparent with the contest rules. Uh, <laughs> Rebecca and I narrowed the stories down to our 
uh, top favorites and then sent them off to a third party judge who um, I was actually just recording an episode of DC TV after dark. I can reveal his cat because we talked about it on that podcast. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, so our third party judge <laughs> cat uh, picked <laughs> the winning story out of what we narrowed down. And that story is stable relationships uh, written by Lindsay. Woo! Yay! Uh, so, Lindsay, we'll be in touch to get your information in order to send you a Super Pets prize. So now we present performances of the William is Comet fanfics written by the listeners of Supergirl Radio. opened the door to Carr's apartment carrying a bag of takeout in one hand and a shopping bag full of ice cream in the other. Cara, she called, spotting her sister sitting on the couch with an empty ice cream carton in her lap. Alex put the bags on the coffee table and sat down beside her sister. What's wrong? She asked. Did you get Rocky Road? Cara asked, searching the shopping bag. Yes. Now do you want to explain why you texted me? Need to see you bring ice cream and pot stickers? Cara grabbed the carton of Rocky Road, took her spoon from the empty carton, and placed it in the fresh ice cream. William, Cara sighed before putting a large spoonful in her mouth. You told him, Alex guessed. I was going to, but before I could say anything, he found out. What happened? We were driving down Highway 52 when a squirrel darted out in front of the car. William swerved to avoid it, but he lost control of the car, and it went over a cliff. And, of course, I had to fly out of the car and catch it so he wouldn't get killed. Well, after that, it was pretty obvious I wasn't human. How'd he take it? He was shocked, and although he didn't say it, I could see he was hurt. I didn't tell him. Uh, but he also confessed he'd been keeping a secret himself. He's... Kara hesitated for a moment, then blurted, He's a horse. Oh, what? Okay, he's not technically a horse, Kara explained. He's a protean. They're a race of telepathic alien shapeshifters. Uh, but he showed me his true form, uh, and it looked, well, like a horse. Alex took a minute to process all Kara just told her. So my sister is dating a horse. The thought was so crazy it caused her to start snickering, and although she tried to stop herself, soon she was laughing <laughs> hysterically. Kara glared at her. Seriously, Alex? I'm sorry. I'm not laughing at you. Alex said through chuckles. It's just, we've been through a lot of weird stuff, but still... Never expected you'd be dating a horse. Ew, gross. Don't say it like that. I'm not dating a horse. I'm dating a shapeshifter who can turn into a man when he's not a horse. And oh, I just heard how that sounds out loud. Car slouched back against the couch. Alex put an arm around her. Look, I'm sorry for laughing. I know this is shocking. But I also know how much William means to you. And you know how hard it is to feel like someone won't accept the real you. This is a lot to process, but I think you two can get past this. Thanks, sis. And on the bright side, Alex smiled, you're dating a real stud. Cara rolled her eyes, then smacked Alex with a throw pillow. There once was a man named William Day. He had two Pulitzers, but no place to stay. Arrived from London to follow a lead. Little did he know how much help he'd need. Secretly investigating Lex Luthor was no easy quest. Luckily, Catco welcomed him as a guest. 
Under his desk he slept with no time to house hunt. An unconventional arrangement, if I may be so blunt. He worked with Kara Danvers, another award-winning reporter. They had a weird relationship. They were both imposters. Kara was the secret hero of National City, the Supergirl of Steel. William Day was a thousand-year-old metahuman white steed. Comet was his given name. His real appearance caused despair. Hands with three fingers, horse legs, and long white hair. But as long as a comet was in orbit, he could easily hide. As a dashingly handsome human, tall, shoulders wide. William and Kara, together, they investigated, researched, questioned, and spied on Lex Luthor. But he was always one step ahead, his plans cleverly orchestrated. Cunningly evil, bald, narcissistic, egomaniac manipulator. Relentless and fervent, the reporters kept trying. Kara frequently cheated with her superpower spying. Thus, some days, she would have a lead, a tip, a suggestion. She stumbled and stuttered her way through an explanation. William frowned, unconvinced, not new to pretensions. And in a spur-of-the-moment connection, put his doubts to pasture and followed the blonde into investigation. Their efforts were thwarted time and time again, but William and Kara were good at playing the game. Occasionally, however, he would falter and lose his temper. Punch a wall, stomp his feet, smash a keyboard, surrender. Unknown to him, he had a paragon by his side. Kara Danvers gave the best hope speeches the world could provide. Don't give up. You're strong. Rein it in, she would say, whipping William back into the saddle, ready for the next day. Over time, their relationship grew stable. Game nights and karaoke were their friendship's staples. Lex would be Lex, elusive and crafty. They learned that to stay sane, sometimes they needed to party. Eventually, however, their friendship could not handle the lies, excuses, and family emergencies entangle. So William decided it was time to tell the truth. Stop horsing around, he told himself. Just play it smooth. He prepared a speech and made his way to Hope Street. He still lived under his desk, so at Kara's they would meet. Once inside, he sat comfortable on the couch. He braced to articulate, made ready to vouch. Kara was nervous too, an unusual situation. I have something to confess, they both uttered with trepidation. They laughed <laughs> to ease the tension. You go first, Kara said. You have all my attention. Well, you see, I haven't been honest, said William, being too modest. I look human, but I'm not. I hope this isn't too coarse. My real name is Comet, and I'm actually a horse. William Day sat at his CatCo desk, twirling his pen and looking out the window towards the horizon, as if he was trying to peer into the future. He scowled a bit, an expression that was two parts forlorn to one part fear. From across the room, Kara Danvers couldn't help but notice. She didn't need her Kryptonian superpowers to know her friend was hurting. If she was truly about hope and compassion for all, she needed to see what she could do to help. It didn't hurt that it was William, someone she knew she was crushing on. Hey, William, she said as she sidled up to his desk. Why the long face? His head snapped at her 
as if he was surprised that his feelings were so obvious. Oh, hello, Kara, he replied, his face quickly brightening, but in that false way that people know you're hiding something. Why, I, I don't know what you mean. I'm just uh, um, thinking about an article I'm trying to write. Kara did that half smile she does, cocking her head a bit to the right like a puppy. His heart pounded a bit. He liked Kara, liked her a lot, but he could tell that she wasn't buying that flimsy excuse. Yeah. She said back slowly, disbelievingly. Except I don't buy it. So get up and let's go get coffee and a treat and you can tell me. He started to shake his head, but she cut him off. Nope. She said, shaking her head. I won't let you say no. That new pastry shop has peach jam donuts like Eliza used to make. She pulled on his wrist, maybe just a little bit too strong. He practically flew out of the chair. She blushed. Oops, sorry. You know how excited I get about donuts. For the first time in days, he smiled. Okay, okay, he chortled. Off we go. They walked along a couple of blocks making chit-chat until they came to the shop. With coffee and sugary sweets in hand, they continued down the road and into National City Park. All right, Kara pride. Enough small talk about Midvale and journalism. Tell me what is going on. William <sighs> sighed. He loved Kara more than he cared to admit. She was sunny and bright and tenacious, and she cared a lot about people. He knew he was smitten, and incredibly, he knew he could trust her. Well, I won't be surprised if you say you don't believe me when I'm done. I'm not sure I, I believe it. Kara smirked. As Supergirl, she'd been part of many things that most would consider impossible, from fifth-dimensional imps to grass bringing people back to life. Try me, she said, her smile beaming at William. He took a deep breath <sighs> and led her to a park bench. This is a, a long story, so we'd better settle in, he said. Remember when rain threatened the planet? Kara nodded. How could she forget? Rain was one of her deadliest foes, as well as one of her best friends. Well, he continued, I remember how the world first knew about her because she flash fried her symbol all over the city? Kara nodded again. The mark of the beast was one of the first signs of rain's coming. William shook his head, as if he didn't even believe what he was about to say. Uh, she blasted that symbol from the sky into buildings and roads in the earth. Would you believe one of the things she blasted it into was me? This did take Kara by surprise. Rain had Kryptonian heat vision. The mark of the beast scorched metal and stone. If it hit William, he'd be ash. He saw her expression. I know, he said. I, I should be dead. But that mark was tattooed on me, like a burn. But then it faded, like my body absorbed it. He looked up at her, peering into her blue eyes. These, these last few weeks I have been having nightmares. Three women, witches really, are screaming at me. They say that the mark is theirs, that I've stolen it from them, and that rather than a mark, it is a curse. He choked a bit, <laughs> as if he was reliving something frightening. Hey, 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 Kara said, instinctively grabbing William's hand in her own, lovingly. Now it was her turn to look into his eyes. These were silly dreams, and I'm here for you. Oh, Kara, he said. 
I wake up in a cold sweat, my heart pounding. The dreams are getting more vivid. They keep saying the curse is happening. And I feel, well, I don't know why, but I feel like that curse of the beast. It's coming today. Kara moved closer to William on the bench, holding his hand tighter. She felt her heart race a bit. She cared for William. She hadn't felt this way about someone since Monel. Don't worry, William, she cooed, bringing her face close to his. Those witches are gone. Supergirl took care of them. She leaned in and kissed William's lips. First softly, then more fervently. The veil covering her passion pulled away. William leaned into the kiss, a kiss he'd been wanting for months. But then, his body was racked with pain, a burning, his shirt burst into flames, revealing once more the mark of the beast, the Kryptonian sigil again emblazoned on his chest. He screamed in agony. The curse! The He fell away from Kara and onto the ground, on his hands and knees, his body glowing while he shrieked in pain. Kara seemed frozen in her place. The others in the park stopped and stared. His body suddenly contorted and stretched. His bones shattered, the eerie cracking audible to all around. And then his twisted limbs seemed to stretch and reset. His face elongated from a humanoid face to something of a muzzle. His whole body grew. He screamed as the last vestiges of his humanity melted away. Help me. Nay. 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 Within seconds, the man named William Day had vanished. And there, in his place, was the new William. A white stallion. The mark of the beast was present just below the start of his mane, now warped into something more comet-shaped. Nay. Kara sat there incredulously. It had all happened so fast. But what happened? And then voices boomed from the heavens, the voices of the Kryptonian witches. They screeched. You may have defeated our agent Rain, but our foul magic still vexes you. We didn't mean for our power to be imparted into this man, but we couldn't believe our luck when he entered your life. And we could see how the two of you were growing together. So we decided to use our magic within William as a curse. (laughs) A curse brought on with your kiss of love. That brought out the mark of the beast, turning your love into a beast. <laughs> and now you both shall suffer. They cackled loudly, like thunder in the clouds, until their laugh faded away. Kara walked up to William, now a horse nickering in the park. She stroked his face. Don't worry, my love, she whispered into the steed's ear. I'll find a cure and we'll be together. As if he understood. <laughs> He whinnied loudly. For now, she said, running her hand over the symbol on his brow. For now, I'll call you Comet.
where are we? Asks McRory as he exits the Wave Rider jump ship and slaps at his own face. Bugs! I hate bugs! The familiar sound of his heat gun warming up can be heard. Mick, do that later, Ava Sharp says distractedly from behind him. We're here on an important mission. Who are you two again? Asks William Day as he pokes his head out behind Ava. We're time travelers, Ava replies. William looks skeptically at Ava. And this is your time machine? He traces the outline of the jump ship affectionately. Based on your cowboy hat and poncho, you look to be dressed for late 19th century Texas. Close. We're at a dude ranch just outside of Midvale, USA in the year 2010. Mick cracks open a beer. Midvale? Isn't that where- William interrupts. When you contacted me, you said you had important information about Leviathan for my news story for Catco, not some wild fantasy about time travel. Sorry, says Ava, slightly embarrassed. I didn't mean to deceive you, but I have a need for your skills. Mick throws his empty beer can in the general direction of the jump ship. I thought we were here to see my do- My skills? William interrupts. There must be local reporters here who can- Not your reporting skills says Ava. Your other skills. My other skills? I don't know what you're talking about. Please, William, I used to be an agent of the Time Bureau. Your place in history is very important. Ava points in the direction of a nearby horse stable. Standing awkwardly at a safe distance from all the animals is a young lady wearing glasses. Is that... says William. Yes, that's her. She looks... different. Younger. It's ten years before you met her. I'm... really in the past? Yes, yes you are. What... what do I do? Why does she look so uncomfortable? Like she'll knock the horse over if she breathes too hard. You'll discover soon enough. There are things about her you don't know yet. There is something in the Time Bureau we call the Streaky Protocol. I did that once, Mick remembers fondly, cracking open another beer. Ava continues uninterrupted where we use animals to help build the confidence of pivotal people in history. I think I understand where you're going with this, William says as he reverts to his protean form. Yes, like you, she is alien to this world. She has come a long way since she first arrived, but is at a critical state in her adjustment and needs a push in the right direction. Ava walks over to the stables, leading William, who is now a majestic white horse. Hi, Kara. My name is Ava, and this is Comet. The Danvers residence, Midvale. Kara, please get the door, Eliza called from the kitchen. The Kryptonian swooshed from her seat in the living room, sending the board game pieces flying over John, Alex, and Brainy. Oh, you only did that because you were losing, Alex shouted after her sister. May I remind you I can replace the board as it was with a 99.9999999999% accuracy, the 12th level intellect next to Alex proclaimed. Kara heard the pleased ha from her sister well with her super hearing as she opened the front door. Outside was a brown haired girl with a 70s haircut held in a green headband sporting a vintage dress, but the features of the face were unmistakable. Kara was looking at a younger version of herself. Kara eased her glasses down and peeked with her x-ray vision. A wig? Kara asked with a sigh. Says the one with the glasses. Well, it's better than a wig, Kara snorted, and if I ever wore one, I'd have one that was impossible to spot. 
Aren't you going to invite yourself in, Kara? Eliza asked, appearing from the kitchen. Well, I don't trust her. She could be a hope robot from a bad Mixie flicks or something. I'm Linda Lee. I'm you from another Earth, the girl tried. That's just what a villain would say. Kara grabbed a pen and paper. If you truly are a Kryptonian, you could read what this says. Linda grabbed the paper. It says kill tipsies. Oh my god, I am not Mr. Mixie. Linda laughed. Kara frowned. Typical Mixie thing to say. Well, why are you here then? Well, you see, I'm looking for my... At that moment, William, who was late for tonight's game night, arrived. Kara, I didn't know you had a younger sister, William asked, confused. She's... Kara began... Oh, there you are! Good boy! I have been looking everywhere for you! Linda said, patting William on the cheek. Is your sister all right? William asked in his British accent. Yes, and she was just leaving. Kara started pushing Linda out the door. I am not leaving without my horse, Linda countered, refusing to budge while grabbing onto William. Your horse? Kara and William blurted out together. William is not your horse. He's my boyfriend, Kara said and took William's other hand. Your boyfriend. William blurted, just as surprised. Horse. Boyfriend. Horse. Boyfriend. At that moment, something triggered in William, and he remembered. He remembered finding Cersei and asking her to turn him to a human permanently, as he always wanted. Cersei had sent him to Earth-38, where the comet that gave him his human form had crashed into the moon. He had been given a new life and new memories. With eyes showing that he remembered, he looked at Linda and said, I want to stay. Lena pulls against the chains, twisting her arms above her head, trying to reach the key left hanging from the ceiling. Her fingers graze the tip of the key just as the chains go taut and she collapses onto the ground. A low laugh echoes through the barn. He's enjoying this. It's only a matter of time before Supergirl finds me, Lena glares. I'm not worried about her, William says, emerging from the shadows. You'll be dead soon enough. Is this because Kara won't go on a second date with you? You think if you take me out, you'll have a chance? Because you'll never be good enough for her. William's eyes flash. His calm demeanor vanishes in an instant. Do you remember... Sprinkle? What? Sprinkle? My childhood horse? Lena fumbles for words, caught off guard. Yes, him. That silly excuse for a horse. Oh, but you loved Sprinkle, didn't you? You took him out for rides all the time. You gave him the best hay, the best spot in the stables. He was your favorite. I heard you whisper that to him all the time. What the? Who are you? Lena says, watching William pace manically. I'm the one you forgot about. The one you never gave the time of day. The one you never cared about. William starts to shake, tears forming in his eyes. My name was Comet. I'm one of the ones you left in the barn the night Lex decided to burn it down. You had just come back with Sprinkle, and instead of saving us, you let us die. You watched from the hill. A hundred burning horses. Do you have any idea what that sounds like? I froze, Lena says, speaking quickly. I saw the flames and I couldn't move. I was scared. You were the scared one? Well, I watched my best friend Russell burn in front of my eyes. William yells. I barely escaped and I've been planning my revenge ever since. Please, Lex started the fire, not me. William's stare turns ice cold. This time, I'll be the one to watch you 
burn. Walking out of the barn, William pulls out a lighter and drops it onto the gasoline-drenched floor and smiles as flames erupt. Kara! Lena cries out instinctively, pulling against the chains. The heat is growing quickly and the flames are moving rapidly across the floor and up the walls. The barn is old, and soon planks of wood begin to plummet downward from above. Coughing from the smoke, Lena watches as the plank with the key falls next to her. Ripping the key from the string, Lena jams it into the lock, breaking open the chains and freeing herself. Turning in circles, Lena searches for an escape, but all she can see is black smoke and fire. Hope begins to fade as the smoke and heat overwhelm her. With her consciousness fading, Lena falls to the ground and curls up, waiting for death. Suddenly, she feels strong arms wrap around her body, and a soft voice whispers in her ear, It's okay. I'm here now. Kara, Lena mumbles as she is flown upward into the clean night air. You're safe now. I've got you. Kara soothes as Lena passes out, and everything fades to darkness. Kara Danvers' eyebrows crossed in confusion as William Day had cut off their conversation midway. His eyes widened in fear and existentialism as he was staring at the huge wall of television screens in media mogul Miss Grant's office. Kara turned to see what had caught his undivided attention. The only thing she could see was a daily update from NASA on one of the multiple news stations. In a movement so quick that it even startled Kara, William jumped out of his chair and grabbed his wallet before bolting out of Kara's super eyesight. Frantic to get back to the quiet atmosphere of Supergirl Dude Ranch near Midvale, William wildly careened out of his office area as soon as he realized what day it was today. The investigation had completely taken control of his consciousness these last few weeks, not to mention how bizarre Kara Danvers had been acting. None of that mattered at the moment as he rushed out of the doors of Catco in a flurry. Today was the first day in so many years that there would be no asteroid in Earth 38 solar system. The first day in so many years he will not have the ability to maintain a humanoid form. Confusion enveloped Kara as her mind just tried to process what on Krypton had just happened. Determined to help out her friend, she took off towards the direction William had taken before disappearing. Using her super speed, she undressed down to her super suit, and suddenly she was out of Catco in the blink of an eye. She was so dazed with bewilderment, she accidentally nudged someone as she took off in search of William. She found William shortly later in quite the predicament. William was hiding in the far back corner of an alley, a few streets away from their place of work. As she stepped closer, the most bizarre thing happened. In the blink of an eye, the William Day she had come to know and respect was, well, a horse? And not just any horse, in fact, but her best friend, Comet the Super Horse. After a moment of confusion had worn away, Kara was overjoyed to be reunited with her seemingly long-lost friend. Later that day, some of the most peculiar news stories covered the media outlets. The Midvale newspaper reported that Supergirl and a magical white steed had been spotted enjoying the lovely spring afternoon. Catco reported an incident where Supergirl had accidentally bumped into billionaire heiress Lena Luther as she was on her way to drop off her life's lunch for the day, while Kara happily reported to her wife, Lena, that she wasn't the only one that fell for the good old glasses trick as she recounted how William Day slash Comet the Superhorse had been just as naive. One moment, Comet, the noble steed of the girl steel, was helping her with some mission, and the next, he was standing on his hind legs inside a strange building. Scratch that, his only legs? What kind of absolute madness had he got himself into this time? After the shock of having to stand on his two legs, which 
came surprisingly naturally to him. Left him, he noticed he did have his other legs, although they seemed to be at a weird angle, not fit for standing. Huh, might as well see where this goes. A quick glance around the strange room made him even more confused. This was like his psychic's apartment, but with minor differences. The photograph showed Cara Zorel with Alex, who had her arm draped around a tall brunette woman, both smiling brightly. Next to Cara in the picture was none other than Lena Luthor. The person was just as intimate as the other pairs. Due to the fascination with, with the odd pictures, he completely missed Cara entering the room. Uh, William, how did you get here? Kama quickly looked around, trying to identify this William intruder. Where none caught his eyes, he did not need to, to inform the Super Bowl there was no William here. At the action, his friend gave him a look equally weirded out and curious. Are you okay? She asked, sounding genuinely concerned. What could she be talking about? Supergirl, why are you wearing glasses? He telepathically asked. Carl looked around, trying to identify the source of the strange voice. As she couldn't find another source, she turned to William. Who are you, and what have you done with William? Kama, your trusty steed. Come to save you whatever trouble you have now got us into. He communicated in his mind. Oh, Rao, the merging of the herbs must have also merged the people. Carl thought aloud. But wait. Did that mean that William's counterpart on another Earth was a horse? A super horse? She quickly picked up the phone and dialed a familiar number. John, we have an emergency. A Paragon type of emergency. It was dusk, and Kara sat on the Catco building roof talking to Clark. We're taking it slow, she told him. I haven't told him everything about me yet, and I'm sure he has some secrets too. He also has the weirdest vegetarian diet I've ever seen. How so? Her cousin asked from the living room of the pied-à-terre he and Lois used in Metropolis when they weren't at the farm. Being Kryptonian meant never having to pick up the phone to converse. Not once you learn to attune used to be hearing. Well, he'll eat three bowls of oatmeal at once. I've even seen him sneak it raw out of the box. And then he only seems to eat carrots and apples and, like, plain raw greens. The other day we were looking at the bag salads at the market and he actually complained that there wasn't enough alfalfa or clover. Well, maybe it's a paleo thing, offered the cousin of steel. Certainly doesn't sound like a deal breaker. Are you talking to Kara? Ask her to spill the real tea on how things are going. Kara blushed at the sound of Lois's voice. She loved Lois and thought she and Clark were perfect for each other. But Lois was the sort of friend who was always trying to pull you out of your shell and Kara still liked having her shell around some things. Well, there's this one thing. He likes to get on all fours, and then I get on his back, and he rides me around the room. I mean, he really likes it, but it's silly and harmless, so... Uh, her voice trailed off as she decided not to share William's reaction when the Gotham Derby had been on TV and the cult post sounded. Some things were just meant to remain private. Just then she heard something. I've gotta go. There's a bomb in an elevator. The Catco private elevator? Clark asked. No, fortunately. I'm on my 67th consecutive day of not destroying that one. Kara added proudly. Talk to you later. Kara leapt into the sky, speeding toward the sound of the police siren as the long arc of Comet East trailed across the star field above her. Kara, William started, after they'd been dating for a few months, and he knew he could trust her with a secret like his. 
I want to show you something. He handed her a box with the obsidian lenses on it, and for a moment, Kara was confused. I've been in there before, Kara said, and forgive me for saying, but I prefer it out here in the real world most of the time. She couldn't say all the time anymore. There were definitely days when she wanted to escape everything, when she would do just that in ways she couldn't tell him. But most of the time, she faced whatever it was without the lenses. Oh, I know. Like I said, I just want you to see this. Then we can come back here. It's as simple as that. Kara didn't want to go in. After everything that had gone on with Andrea and Leviathan and the glitches that hadn't been fixed on purpose, she didn't trust it. Even more than she hadn't trusted the program before. But she wanted to trust William. And since it wouldn't be easy for people to disconnect from Obsidian Platinum completely, Andrea had promised to fix those glitches with Kelly's help. So in the end... She took the box, and together the two of them put on the lenses. When Kara resurfaced, she was no longer in her apartment. Instead, she seemed to be on her own, in a field. No buildings or anything around for miles. Only a bright blue sky and vivid green grass. Kara, William said, but she couldn't see him. There was, in his place, a horse speaking with his voice. Will? Is that you? It is, William answered. Obsidian is supposed to give people their greatest desire, and this is mine. Carr stepped away from him, staring up at him. To look like a horse? No, to be who I really am, and to do that with someone I really like. If you don't mind, of course. Carr continued staring, but even as she did, she knew what she was going to do, because she really liked him as well. And who was she to judge his true self? She hadn't even told him hers. Yet, I don't, she said, and he allowed her to get herself onto his back. Now she rules what's left with an iron fist, Wynne said, confirming even more than necessary just how much this world sucked. Rain is her enforcer. And Brainy, too, Alex continued. She captured him, aligned him. Now she has no emotions and does whatever Lena tells him to. Also, she has a horse, who she captured and mind-controlled, too, Monel pointed out. Not sure what his deal is. Yeah, this couldn't get any worse, Kara thought as she paced around the room, even without the horse thing. Which is just kind of weird. Oh, no. This... This... I have made... A terrible mistake, Kara said, turning to Mixus Pitalig. This world is my responsibility. She turned back, facing the group. Okay. Okay, we can still fix this. And soon, they indeed had a plan. Mixus Pitalik would get back his hat that Kara had wondered about ever since she saw it on the eponymous member of the elite, and then, accordingly, would be able to use his fifth dimensional powers again and send Kara back to the right timeline. But getting the hat would be tricky, which was why Kara was about to propose he and a couple others go get it from the DEO before the electricity in the tower went out. The windows were smashed in, and as Kara looked up, she saw three people invading the Freedom Fighters headquarters. Or rather, two people and one who could only be described as a centaur. A centaur with gigantic wings, long flowing hair, and glowing green eyes, in addition to the very much familiar Rain and Brainy. Surrender the or die, yelled Rain, who sounded like she wasn't taking any other possibilities into consideration before firing her heat vision at the group which Naya protected them from with a giant force field. Brainy, meanwhile, was silent, 
Landing on the balcony in his new purple suit, only one with red lights instead of white. You should listen to the world killer, the centaur said. If you do, Lena will at least consider letting you live. Kara stared at the centaur, whose face she could now clearly see and whose voice she recognized. Oh my god, she said. William? <laughs> he doesn't like it when you use his human name, Wynne whispered. That's... different. It was the understatement of the century, Kara knew, but there was already so much to process. What was one more element, no matter how absurd, on top of all of it? One thing was certain, though. She had to find Lena, this version, and at least talk to her. No matter how Lena might respond, especially in an alternate universe this dark, what more harm could it do? In a rare instance of employee attendance, Kara Danvers sat at her desk, sighing to herself as she stared at the blinking text cursor of a blank Word document. What's got you down, William asked, popping up behind her with a cup of coffee and a box of donuts in hand. It's nothing, Kara said, thanking with a smile as she took the treats from him. It's kind of silly, actually. I like silly. Go on, tell me what's happening, he said, taking a donut for himself. You know Lena Luther, right? Lena Luther, CEO of Elcor and sister to none other than the infamous Lex Luther. Yeah, I think I've heard of her, he teased. <laughs> Kara laughed and shoved his shoulder. Well, she invited me to go horseback riding this weekend. That sounds great. What's the problem then? The problem is that I don't have a horse. William was confused. Does Lena expect you to bring your own horse? No, of course not. But for some reason, the thought of showing up without one is embarrassing. William bit his lip. Revealing this wasn't something he took lightly. But Kara was his best friend, and he would do anything to help her. Meet me in the parking garage after work. I think I may have a solution to your problem. Kara arrived in the parking garage, wondering just how William would be able to help her. Ah, Kara, there you are, William said. He looked around, making sure they were really alone. Okay, I'm about to do something you won't believe, but you have to promise you won't freak out. Kara nodded. William took a deep breath and closed his eyes. Kara gasped as his body began to glow. His hair shifted from jet black to a shimmering white and grew down his back. White fur began covering his body, his face elongated and his limbs stretched and twisted until the man that stood before her had been replaced by the most majestic stallion Kara had ever seen. Kara, you're here! Lena exclaimed, running up to her and wrapping her arms around Kara's neck. And you've brought a horse? Yeah! Comet here lives on a ranch in Midvale. His owners let me ride him all the time growing up. When I told them about your invitation, they offered to drive him up here. As the women chatted, a drone watched them from a distance. On the other end of the feed, Lex Luthor slammed his fist on a table. This is the last time my sister goes horseback riding without me. He punched a large red button on the desk panel, activating the drone's laser. From the corner of her eye, Kara saw the laser. Lena, look out! She pushed her out of the way, leaving herself vulnerable. Not knowing Kara's own secret, Comet leapt out gracefully in front of her. The blast glanced harmlessly off his pristine coat. Lena gasped. <gasps> That's one super horse! As Lena walked next to William in the park, she wasn't sure what she was doing there. She had originally come to Catco to take Kara out to lunch, but she wasn't there because she had to leave for an interview. Lena had planned to go back to her lab, but then William offered to share his sandwiches with her. She wanted to decline, but then something in his eyes made her decide to take him up on his offer. They were mostly silent, as they both didn't quite know what to talk about. She took another bite from William's white bread with Nutella sandwich. She remembered how her birth mother loved making these, though Lena was scoffed at for even suggesting it in the Luther household. The lack of fiber is appalling and the amount of sugar is a nightmare. 
Lillian had said to her, please go back to eating your unsweetened oatmeal. God being five years old was the worst. The only thing that brought her comfort then was her horse, Starlight. On free afternoons, she loved taking off with Starlight to the forest. Some lonely nights, she convinced herself that the next day she would let Starlight take her far away from the Luthers and never come back. But when the morning would come, she backed out, never being brave enough to actually go through with it. When she would have to face Lillian after that, oatmeal would be the last thing she'd have to worry about. As she was pondering about her lonely childhood, she heard a familiar crunching beside her. Looking to her right, she saw William devouring an apple, but not by eating around the core like any human did. Instead, he was just stuffing the entire fruit into his mouth, the way she'd only ever seen Starlight eat an apple. And as the sun was shining on his face, she started to see the slight defects in the image, slight miscalculations that no one would recognize but Lena, since the face was created by her own technology. William was a horse wearing an image inducer? Was that why his eyes felt so amicable? I suppose it makes sense that the image inducer would work better on a human-like face like a Culluan than a horse, Lena thought out loud before she could stop herself. Shocked, she looked at William, but he just gave her a soft smile. I shouldn't be surprised you figured it out, Miss Luther, William chuckled. I would really prefer it if you'd call me Lena, William. Well, now that you've gotten to know me better than anyone else, I'd prefer it if you'd call me Comet. And looking around to see that no one was paying attention to them, he took off his image inducer to reveal a majestic horse. As she stared at him, Lena realized that, just like when she used to clean out Starlight's stall, she just got herself into some crazy horse <laughs> Her last resort. She hadn't wanted to call him. They'd stayed in touch for a while, but it grew harder to pretend away the ache every time they said goodbye. Calls became less frequent until finally Kara removed the temptation and locked away her legion ring. But desperate times. Kara watched her heart pounding as Monel stepped through the time portal into her loft, his face a mixture of excitement and trepidation. Kara, I'm so glad you caught. He stopped short at the side of her, clad in pajamas, standing in the middle of her loft. Also, there was a horse. <laughs> Monel, she heard herself blurting out, half shouting, almost before she knew it. Hi, there's a horse in my loft. Monel bit his lip. I see that. A horse? Yes. In my loft. Monel chuckled. <laughs> Kara, we've established there's a horse in your loft. I went to bed. No horse. Kara fidgeted, toying with her sleeves. When I woke up, William was gone. William? Monel interrupted. Who's William? Then, struggling to contain what looked suspiciously like a smirk, asked, Wait, are you dating Comet? Kara stared. Comet? Who's Comet? Of course her possibly dating was his only takeaway when there was a horse in her loft. I'm talking about William. Now Monel was confused. You call the horse William? No, I call William William. They stared at each other. Then Kara cocked an eyebrow at Monel. The horse is... William? She closed her eyes. Of course, the horse is William. Monel coughed. <laughs> Actually, the horse is Comet. Off Kara's confused look, he added, the super horse. Kara shook her head. Nope, not helpful. As she listened to Monel's story about a witch, a centaur, and some magical spell mix up, she was both intrigued and infuriated. She glared at Will. No. Comet. So, Monel said, scratching his lip, voice super casual. You're dating. He looked at the horse. William, he added, his voice slightly snarky. Kara just glared. I haven't actually met his human form, 
but I hear he's quite handsome. Hmm, Kara said. Monel side-eyed Kara, also witty. Kara threw a dark glance at Comet. Comet, the freaking super horse. Monel ducked his head, looking up at Kara through lowered lashes, with dreamy eyes. Monel, I will drop a mountain on you. Shut it up now. Comet neighed. <laughs> Monel threw him a look. Kara hadn't seen in a while. Eyebrows knitted together, his eyes dark with something. Zip it, Comet. Comet tossed his head, looked away. After a moment of silence, he can fly, you know, Monel said. Shut up! Superhorse didn't clue you in? Kara grinned. Well, should we ride him? She gestured towards Comet. Ride him? I hardly know him, Monel replied, obnoxiously vaudevillian. Kara snort laughed. That's not how. Never mind. Monel smiled. It's really good to see you, Kara. Yeah. William had been shot, Eve Tessmacher had shot him, and Supergirl had cauterized the wound. He now found himself with Lena Luther. Where did you say Kara was? William was still concerned for his fellow reporter as Lena hurried him toward the exit. He wasn't entirely sure he trusted Lena Luther. Hadn't she been a bad guy this whole time? Lena had texted her personal driver, Frank, to bring her car around to pick up William. But where? William was insistent. He began stomping his right foot and blowing air out of his cheeks. Do you need to sit down? Lena felt that William must be in some intense pain. <clears throat> I mean, I mean, no, William replied as white streaks started appearing in his hair. I, I just need to find Kara. His hair continued to turn white and Lena let go and stepped back away from him, slightly horrified. His face began to elongate and transform. No, no. No! The creature that had been William stomped around furiously as he continued to change. Suddenly, before her, was a beautiful, white stallion. What the? Lena gasped. Apologies, Miss Luther. The steed bowed his head. I was not yet ready to reveal myself, but it seems the bullet set off a chain reaction that I was unable to contain. He pranced about. Your... your horse? Lena questioned, although it was pretty obvious. Not just a horse, but a super horse. He came closer to Lena, hoping for a pet on his nose. Without thinking and in shock, Lena obliged. As Lex had once mentioned, horses were a weakness for her. My name is Comet. Okay. Lena just blinked as she continued to pet him. He was quite impressive and her memories of horseback riding flooded back in. Well, you're definitely not going to fit in my car, she remarked. Still rather stunned, he laughed heartily. No, no, I am not. He raised his head and posed like a horse you'd see in a painting with a king on top of him. Are you still hurt? Lena was walking about him, looking for any sign of the wound. No, no, transforming has healed me. If Lena didn't know any better, she'd swear he was smiling. I do need to find Kara, though. His tone, serious, she thought, for a horse. I'm here to protect her, sent from the city of Gandor. I can promise you, Lena stated. She doesn't need protecting. Before they could continue the conversation, the building rumbled and chunks of concrete began to fall. Climb aboard, fair maiden. Comet lowered himself by bending his front legs and placing them flatly against the ground. Lena couldn't help herself and climbed aboard. I will save us from this destruction, and we will find the angel that is named Kara. Comet super sped them both out of harm's way. Lena had always hated flying, but it wasn't so bad on a horse. She was certainly glad she decided to wear jeans today.
It was another fine day in National City. I, the Danvers sister's couch, was enjoying the sun with Kara. We were waiting on her sister Alex and one of her new friends, William. I don't know how I got so lucky to have Kara and Alex for her family. Alex had picked me up at a furniture store when she first got the apartment. When she joined the DEO, she gave the apartment to Kara. I was there when Wynn first made her Supergirl outfit. I have been there for all the exciting things that have happened to them. There was a knock on the door. Of course, Kara used her x-ray vision to see who it was. It was Alex and William. Come in, Kara said. In came the two. I didn't know what to make of William yet, but I had a feeling there was something up with him. Good, Good morning. morning, both said in unison. Are you ready to go, Kara? Alex asked. Almost. I need you to look at something. I hope you don't mind, William. Not at all, William said. With that, the sisters went behind the curtain and closed it. William came towards me and looked at me. And how are you this morning, Couch? He asked. I was so surprised. I didn't know what to do. How did he know that I was a sentient being? All of a sudden, he changed into a horse. I had never met one of his kind before. Just heard of them. Why, I am doing great. And you? I asked. Very well, thank you. And with that, he changed back into his human form, and not soon enough, the girls came from behind the curtain. Well, let's go, Kara proclaimed. And with that, they left. Good thing is, William's kind were known to be a peaceful race. Otherwise, I would have had to have done something. Kara staggered into her apartment, defeated. She's certain that she hasn't had a day as harrowing at work since Kat left. She rubbed her eyes and let out a sigh, dumping her belongings in the kitchen counter, almost smashing her glasses in the process. After she had chucked herself onto the couch, she noticed several missed calls from Alex, groaning and opening her phone with Face ID, despite Alex's numerous warnings about how that's literally an awful idea for so many reasons. She swiped through her apps and shot a text to Alex. Resuming her crouch screaming, Kara groaned when she got a text notification. It simply said, call me, with no further details. Begrudgingly, Kara hit the call button and croaked out a, what? Jesus, Kara, you sound like you got hit by a horse. Is everything okay? Alex asked. William was badgering me again, so I guess you could kind of say that, yeah. I spent the whole day dodging him, and then Snapper yelled at me for not having any work done. Did you need anything? Kara sighed. Well, I was going to brief you on a new case, but we can handle it. You've done all you can, you know? If he can't take the hint, maybe you'll have to go at him more directly. Remember that, if he can't see you approach, he may kick you. Yeah, yeah, you can lead a horse to water and all that, I guess. Kara chuckled a bit before rubbing her eyes and hesitating. Listen, Alex, I just want to sit and rest for a little bit, okay? I love you. Clearly worried about leaving her sister alone, Alex took a second before acquiescing and hanging up with one last I love you. Right as she was going to call the pizza place a block over, Kara heard a flapping sound from outside the window of her apartment. The sound of belligerent neighing steadily grew closer and closer. And was that? Yes, it was the telltale clopping sound of a mighty steed. But how? He was flying? Maybe it was like Monty Python. A cursory peek outside confirmed her worst fears. Golly, William, do we need to have a talk about boundaries, you literal ass? Rain it in, buddy, William whinnied indignantly. His glossy white hair flowed in the wind and Kara rubbed her temples. She desperately wished she could pull a comet into the atmosphere herself and get rid of his powers. They really needed to chat about stable professional relationships. And soon, 
but he couldn't talk this way and Kara wasn't one to look a gift horse in the mouth. Comet the super jerk did a quick trot as if trying to impress her before slicking back his comically well-groomed mane. Was that horse gel? Shutting her window with almost enough strength to break the sound barrier, Kara grumbled about Diana and how she's never here with her lasso when you need it. Maybe she should call Marsden. History tells of two warring families, two superheroes in love, and one magical, shape-shifting horse. Our story begins in National City on planet Earth. The superheroes in question, Quirrell Dox, Brainiac 5, and Kara Zor-El, Supergirl, two refugees whose home planets had been destroyed long ago. The two loved each other deeply, but the tragedy of their love lay in the hatred between their families. The battles between the Doxes and the Elves were legendary. The patriarch of the Dox family, Vril, had often been caught trying to bottle beautiful cities from his skull ship in the sky, while the patriarch of the Elf family, Jor, would always stop him. One day, Jor and Vril's penchant for battle ended in death, and the two enemies were found lying alongside one another. Accusations began flying concerning who killed whom first, and a great debate was waged inside the Hall of Justice as to which family was to pay recompenses to the other. The feud between the families continued in the forms of Kal-El and Bria Dox. Alas, a bitter feud could not sway Kara of the House of El, nor Quirrell of the Kaluan Brainiacs, from finding solace in one another. Eventually, their dalliances were discovered by their respective families. El and Dox forbade their kin from seeing one another, causing both Kara and Quirrell great suffering. Having heard their tragic tale, a reporter for CatCo Worldwide, William Day, felt pity for the forlorn lovers and decided to take matters into his own hands. He would find out the truth and advocate that the youngsters not pay for the sins of their kin. To do so, he would take on his alternate form, Comet the Superhorse. And as such, William would find himself in the presence of gossip and the exposing of conspiracy. One day, Comet found himself in the Luther stables. He overheard the Luther matriarch, Lillian, crowing to her son Lex about their successful revenge on the L and Dox families. Families that had caused them no end of trouble in the past and proudly claimed responsibility for the murders of both Jor and Rill. The Luthers also gloated about Kara and Quirrell's suffering and how, if allowed to be together, the couple would have been powerful enough to stop Lillian and Lex's evil doings. With this new knowledge, William reverted to his human form to write the story of a lifetime. Once the truth had been exposed, both families were freed of blame for the murder of the other's kin, and the Luthers found themselves locked in Iron Heights prison. Kara and Quirrell's union was blessed by both Doxes and Elves in an attempt to start anew. And, upon Comet's strong equine back, the two lovebirds rode off into the sunset. This story happens during the event of Supergirl's 100th episode after Kara rejected William earlier because she feels bad about having to keep her identity secret. But what she doesn't know is that William already knows her identity as he is telepathic. William goes back home dejected and switches off his image inducer and reverts to his horse form. Byron understands Kara's predicament as he himself is a superhero who protected London at nighttime for years as Comet the Superhorse while using magical potion to turn himself into a human during day to work as a journalist named William Day. He was inspired by Supergirl and Superman to live and balance this double life. 
But one day, his best friend, Russell, died because of mysterious circumstances, and the clues lead to National City as Luthercorp seems to be behind this. Byron is familiar with Luthercorp as he has been using an image inducer, instead of magical potion, for the last two years, since Lena Luther has been making them to make aliens feel more comfortable to fit in with judgy humans. Lex is also okay with it, as he is making a lot of money because of this, which he uses for his nefarious plans that Lena doesn't even know about. Byron investigated this alone at Catco because he read everyone's mind, and all of them are head over heels in love with Lex Luthor, and unaware of the cunning supervillain's manipulations of their reality. While he is always investigating alone, one fine day he noticed Kara in Catco, frowning when people were discussing Lex. That was surprising because she always stood up for Lex and was best friends with his little sister Lena. He read her mind and found out everything about Crisis and the changes to reality. He also realized he was a jerk to her in the previous timeline where he was in National City, but he was investigating Andrea Rojas instead of Lex and he didn't have telepathy then. He always had a crush on Kara and these revelations immediately made him upset about what he did, even though it was from a different reality. And he realized he needed to talk to her he approached her during Lex's Man of the Year function and told her about his ordeal. He didn't tell her how he feels about her, not until he realized she kinda likes him back. Once she rejected him, he understood they were not meant to be together, but that didn't stop him from trying to get close to her. He understands he needs to stay close to her if he has to bring Lex Luthor to justice. He knows Kara would be upset with him and lose respect when she realizes he was using her for his goal, but bringing Lex to justice is in everyone's best interest, and he is willing to make that sacrifice. This was William's first spring in National City. Before moving from London, he knew there was the occasional alien attack or random pod flying from the sky. He knew that National City real estate was always in flux, but that you could generally be fine if you had good insurance, or you could do what half the employees at CatCo do and become desk bunkmates. Nevertheless, William knew all of this before leaping over the pond. What he didn't know was how stressful it was going to be. Every other day, it seemed like a building was crumbling around him or someone was trying to take over the world. There were little annoyances too, like how only people who seemed to work at CatCo were the ones who lived there. It was near impossible to share a byline with Kara or Nia. Thus, William had put himself in a predicament, whether or not to use the pair of obsidian lenses gifted from Andrea. He's sitting alone on a Friday night in an empty office, with sad lenses getting tossed and turned in his hands. He feels the weight of this new world. He misses home and peacefulness of the pastures outside London. He feels hypocritical for even thinking about using the lenses. From Kelly, he knows there were programming problems, but he's facing problems in real life too. There are always problems, but maybe just one try wouldn't hurt. So like an addict taking their first drink, William puts on the lenses and enters into the obsidian mainframe. The central location isn't what William expected. It's a crisp and white room with a panel showing a selection of different simulations. Walking into the center, William takes a closer look at what obsidian has deemed his deepest desires and dreams. Scrolling through the feed, he sees a range of pictures that have him from being a family man to a secret agent and the CEO of Ketco. William swiftly scrolls past all these because, frankly, they seem like a lot of work. It's only when he gets to a calming picture of a horse with a blue sky that almost looks like it's flying does he stop. William stares at the simulation, titled Comet. It's like it's calling out to him, and before he knows it, he's swept into a new reality. It takes William a moment to get his bearings. No wait, his reins! What he thought was going to be a jump was a trot due to the addition of two legs. What he thought was going to be a scream was a loud neigh. 
<laughs> what he thought was going to be a nice horseback ride was him becoming the horseback. Shocked, William takes a deep breath in and out. It's after he's calmed down that he looks around at the large meadow and long grass dancing with the wind that the thought dawns on him that the grass looks awfully tasty. He'd done it. William closed his eyes and turned his head skyward, smiling. It was finally done. Behind him, the post-battle silence that fell once the fight was done and Lex was taken away in cuffs finally broke. William? Supergirl stuttered as she approached him cautiously, keeping a steadying hand at a gaping Lena Luthor's back. On her right, a stunned Director Danvers lowered her gun in a limp grip. A few steps back, Brainy, or... William mused, Brainiac 5, I guess, stood with a thoughtful frown, hands triangulating in front of him. You're a horse? Ah, trust young Nia to cut to the quick of it, William thought with a wry twist to his lips. Supergirl snapped her head to her protege. Nia, you can't just ask someone if they're a horse. With a snort, he turned his considerable blinding flank and faced the group. Taking a few clumped steps forward, he tossed his magnificent mane to activate the L-Corp image inducer. Whoa, buddy! Alex Danvers shouted, throwing her hand up to shield her eyes. Uh, can we get Horse Boy some clothes, please? Lena tilted her head and said thoughtfully, My interest may lay elsewhere these days, but it's interesting to see where that phrase clearly came from. Lena! The blonde hero whined. Lena turned her attention to smirk at the taller blonde. Oh, calm down. You know I only have eyes for you. But Mr. Day, I think we'd all love an explanation. The dark-haired pseudo-reporter graciously accepted the blanket handed to him by D.E.O. agent before answering, Actually, my name is Comet. I'm truly sorry for all the deception, Kara. But... Kara? What Kara? Supergirl floundered, throwing her hands up and twisting around. Everyone stared at her in silence. As I was saying, Comet continued, I've led a long life. Seen a lot. Been through so much. Met people who would tell me of things to come. I couldn't sit by and do nothing. Cersei, Brainiac 5 said with his usual confidence. Planet Xerox. Comet turned to the Kaluan with a smile. We were lovers many lifetimes ago, her and I. Though when uh, my need to help could no longer be contained, she cursed me. I saw this unfolding. Lex tearing Kara away from Lena, his maneuvers to twist the world into something he could rule and ultimately destroy. I couldn't sit by a moment longer. Lena dipped her head at the reminder of their heartbreak, but Kara quickly reached to tip her head up for their eyes to meet. The important thing is that we got through it together, Comet smiled. You two belong together. The fates had to interfere. Translucent beam of purple light suddenly burst through the window. Comet reached toward it, turning to them one last time with a wink and said, So long, and thanks for all the fish. And as he was pulled back to his home, he could hear Dreamer's voice. Everyone, I have something to tell you. 
Out with it, Lynn said with an eyebrow wiggle, hoping for something juicy. I'm... Billion started glowing before transforming. Head lengthening, body lengthening, tail lengthening. Wait, tail? I'm aware, human. Well, this wasn't how Wynn thought game night would turn out. There was a horse in Kara's living room. A horse. Alex was sipping wine, and no, she did not spit take. She dropped her glass in its entirety. A were-human? Not a were-horse? No, my original form is that of a horse. My real name is Comet. I don't know why, but one day I was doing my usual daily exercise, galloping, of course, and then I turned into a human. William, or no, Comet, explained. I don't know what caused it, but most of my days now are spent as a human. Fascinating, Bernie commented, eyes glinting. So the opposite of what this century describes as werewolves if we were to replace wolves with horses. Wynne tried to address Comet again, whose ears were beginning to droop downward. I'm sorry, I think? He wasn't sure what to say. At least, judging by Alex's reaction, she was just as shocked as he was. Except now, Alex was speaking to Kara in rushed and excited whispers. Kara, William began, are you disgusted by me? No, of course not, Kara protested. Actually, I... Wynne should have seen his punchline coming. He really should have. I'm a werehuman too. I didn't know there were horses like me on Earth. But he didn't. So now there were two horses in the room. Are you kidding me? Wynne couldn't help himself. Wynne, Alex said in a sharp tone. Kara hasn't told anyone outside of Eliza and me. This is important. Indeed, you are being very insensitive right now. Wynne was reeling by being told he was being insensitive by braining. The Kaluan placed a gentle hand on Kara's back. Please continue. Thank you, Brainy, Kara whinnied. And it's okay, Wynne. I know it's overwhelming. To tell the truth, my real name is different too. It isn't Kara. Please be normal. Please be normal. Please be normal. It's Carrot. Carrot the horse. Was today real? How was everyone else handling this with a straight face? Kelly had begun discussing Comet's experience as a human. Nia was petting Kara. Wait, Carrot? While telling her she was very brave. John, however, hadn't said anything. Wynne warily turned to John. What do you think of this? Did you know? I sensed something different, but I didn't know specifics. Although, John paused, then asked very seriously, if I am a Martian that turns into a human, then am I also kind of a were-human? Okie dokie. Would you look at that? Emergency Legion mission. We gotta cut this visit short. With that, he transported himself back to his ship. Even with the wackiness he'd seen with the Legion, this day surely took the cake. <laughs> Little Lena begged, You have to leave now or Lex is going to kill you, Comet. Comet the superhorse neighed in rebuttal, but he knew he had to get away from Lex. Lex, Lena's brother, had been trying to kill Comet for months. In the past week alone, Lex had poisoned Comet's sugar cubes, stolen all of poor Comet's nutritious carrots, and booby-trapped Comet and Lena's favorite riding course. All that would have been durable had Lex not gotten the stable boy's mother fired this afternoon. Now there would be no one to guard Comet as he slept. The Luther Ranch squirrels had been reliable guardians, but Comet hadn't seen them in weeks. Lena, like any decent pet human, had done what she could to protect her companion, right down to begging her evil adoptive mother for help. Your brother is simply jealous of that horse you waste your time with. Play his games, the Luther matriarch challenged. Lena is much too kind to participate in such leisurely evil doings, though Comet fears the Luther family influence will strip little Lena of the values her birth mother instilled her with. If only Comet had saved Lena's mother. If only Comet had been there to stop Lena from helplessly watching her mother gasp for air. Comet ran from Lena furiously as tears soaked his mane. After a few hours, Comet arrived at the rendezvous point he and Streaky the Supercat had decided on. Where Streaky? thought Comet. 
Comet waited hours. Streaky was an honorable cat who would never let another creature down. Where is Streaky? The sun began to peek over the forest canopy. Something had happened to Streaky. Maybe William knows what. Streaky had been living a rough life as a suburban stray before he'd met William Day. William, an accomplished reporter, had moved to the town of Midvale from London to be close to, but not too close to, a nearby township called Smallville. William had come to investigate a tie he'd deduced between a recent meteor shower and the paranormal activity rampant in Smallville. William was dying. I suspect the continued exposure to the kryptonite I've been analyzing is disfiguring my genetic code, William lethargically told Comet. Comet visits William often, especially since Streaky had left William to care for the little supergirl. William, ever the interrogator, asked, How's Streaky? Comet decided to neigh a lie. As Comet turned to leave, William said, Won't it be fun to be me? Comet wished William well and galloped off to watch the home of the little supergirl from afar. From the forest, Comet peeked at the little supergirl in her backyard. She's holding Streaky. Has she? The Supergirl has a great physical strength that terrifies Comet. He'd only seen her once before when visiting Streaky. That day, she had ravaged a giant oak with her bare hands, crying about how she wasn't allowed to give hugs. Today, she's crying again, but this time, her hands cradle Streaky's corpse. You got this, thought Kara to herself as she was walking home. Will is your boyfriend. He'll understand why you didn't tell him you're Supergirl. Kara entered their apartment and saw William sitting quietly in the living room, staring into the floor. Hey, started Kara. Is everything okay? I... I have to tell you something, said William. Kara noticed something was bothering him. Okay? Why don't you just sit next to me for a minute? Kara settled next to her boyfriend. I will tell you a story, okay? The woman nodded confusedly. Once upon a time, there was... One handsome horse. How can a horse be handsome? Car laughed. He was, okay? Will insisted. His name was Comet. Comet was living his best life, eating many carrots and lots of sugar. The man made a dramatic pause. But one day, an evil wizard came and turned him into a human. Even more dramatic thunder noise in the background. Car glanced at the window. It was sunny, and there was not even a single cloud in the sky. Why is everything so dramatic, she asked herself. And from that day on, he was cursed to live his life as a human guy. Human guy? Kara started laughing. Well, that was a funny story. Where did you hear it from? Kara, their eyes met. That is my story. What? Kara stood up from the couch. Are you serious? Yeah. Well, Kara said, facing the window. That makes it easier for me. I was just about to tell you, I... I am Supergirl. Whoa! But... It doesn't bother you that I'm a horse, right? William grabbed Kara by the shoulders. She turned around and saw her boyfriend with a horse mask on his face. The woman screamed and pushed him away. Jerk, she yelled. Oh, he was laughing so hard that his eyes were becoming watery. You should have seen your face. Priceless. I can't believe I fell for your stupid prank. Hey, you were the one who was about to pull an I'm a Supergirl prank on me. Yeah, <laughs> she giggled nervously. About that. One day at the Catco offices, Kara looked up from her latest article to see William walk in, carrying a boombox and wearing a 
backwards baseball cap for some reason. Visibly happy that Kara was present, William put the boombox down in the middle of the empty floor and sauntered up to Kara's desk. Hello, Kara, he said. Are you busy? Hi, William. Just finishing up this piece on the turtles that miraculously survived being exposed to radioactive waste after that traffic collision outside of Calvintown. Jimmy's going to do me a favor and get up close to the little guys to get some pictures for me. So I'm waiting on those to come in. She eyed his current look. Uh, what are you up to today? Funny you should ask. There's something I've been meaning to talk to you about, Kara, but I've struggled to find the right way. Until now. He then shuffled backwards to the boombox and pressed play, which started up a hip-hop beat from the speakers. William then crossed his arms, and suddenly, after a dazzling flash, in his place was a horse. A horse wearing the same backwards baseball cap and also the giant clock that I forgot to mention before that William had been wearing on a chain around his neck. He then proceeded to rap like so. My name's Comet the Superhorse and I'm here to say my alter ego is a human named William Day. Hey Cara Danvers, I think you're sweet, more so than sugar lumps, my favorite horse treat. Without you around, life's dull and gray, but you're present now so I'll give a happy day. I think we're great together like my mouth and an apple, so I'm asking you if you'll let me add the chapel. Now before you say no or ask me to stop, check out this hibbity habbity Aussie clip club. Comet would then transition into an elaborate three-minute-long horse breakdancing routine that to describe adequately would require a 12th-level intellect. Suffice to say, it incorporated back and front flips, single-hoof handstands, head spins, an equestrian version of the robot, and culminated in a windmill that injured eight people who were standing too close, including most recent CatCo intern, New Kelly. By the time it was over, Comet was stuck in his final pose lying on his side, wheezing heavily, yet also expectantly looking to Kara for her response. Kara had been expressionless through the whole performance, and after digesting it for a minute, stood up, whipped off her glasses, and ripped off her outerwear, revealing her supersuit. Okay, everyone, she began. I'm Supergirl. Also, I quit this job. She then proceeded to fly through the nearest unopened window and vanished into the horizon. William stood up and with his horsey head held low, trotted to the makeshift stable he had made under Jimmy's old desk. <laughs> <laughs>